Hi, I'm James, and welcome to We Are YA, The Check-In, a weekday chat with young adult authors. We're checking in and seeing how your favorite young adult authors are doing at home during this very unique time. Our special guest today is our first book blogger on the podcast. Today, I'm talking with Vicky from Vicky Again. Vicky is an Asian American college student, blogger, and artist who likes supporting diverse media, trying new food, and attempting to make her desk look presentable despite the mess. I will say that that last part resonates with me more than I care to admit. (laughs) (laughs) Vicky currently blogs about life, books, and more at vickyagain.wordpress.com, and you can also find her on Twitter or Instagram. Vicky, welcome to the show. Hi, James. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So first off, where am I speaking to you from? I'm currently at home in Florida with my family and my dog. Oh, nice. Very glad that your dog is there with you. I'm very happy about that. I know you're currently in college. Uh, Does that mean that you're currently doing online learning? Yes. Online learning has definitely been a transition. Um, I went back home for spring break and um, we were asked not to return. So Uh, I'm at home now. Yeah, I I have it a lot of sympathy. It's, I'm sure it's been a big change, especially at a time like this. Yeah, but I'm excited for the semester to end, actually. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> All right, so you've been blogging about books, writing, and design for, correct me if I'm wrong, by I believe over three years now? I think it's nearing three years in July. Gotcha, okay. Um, <laughs> so I definitely wanted to ask you what that journey has been like for you. So what inspired you to first start your blog in 2017? And since you just relaunched your blog this past January, why did you decide to relaunch your blog? Yeah, um, I first started Vicky Who Reads on a whim. So it was like a summer vacation. It was like junior year for me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, let's do something fun. And so I was like, I'm going to start a blog because um, my friend Itana, Um, we talk a lot about like YA books back when we were in high school and she told me about like booktube, she told me about the book community and I was like, huh, cool. I guess I'll just like try this out. Maybe write a few reviews about books I like. And so that's really how it started. It was just like, it was something I felt like doing and then it just kind of went from there and I'm really happy about where it's grown from. Um, why I started Vicky again, um, Going to college has definitely been quite a transition. It's been a very Mm. positive one for me. So um, I've gotten to make so many great new friends and it's absolutely overwhelming, but in the best way possible. (laughs) And so- That's good to hear. Yeah. And so I found that blogging like I did for Vicky Who Reads wasn't entirely possible anymore. And Mm -hmm. it's a different stage in my life and it's a different time for me. And I wanted to- not mislead my readers that I would be posting the same type of content in the same way because it's definitely like not feasible with my new schedule. Um, I'm like awake at like 7 a.m. and I go straight through my day all the way up to like 11, 12, and then it's right to sleep. And so there's not a lot of free time in my schedule because there's so much to do, but I still wanted to have to be blogging and to be talking about books I love and things I love. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like starting Vicky again was a way for me to continue blogging in a way that I could talk about things I was passionate about, but not necessarily tied to the same exact things I was doing before. And so kind of a 
new approach to blogging for me. Yeah, and I think it's just so great that you've been able to adapt to that because I know even just like as a blog reader myself, like the thing that I, I mean, I personally connect with the most is honesty and authenticity. So I think it's just so great that you've been able to like prioritize that and reevaluate what that means for you. Yeah, it's it's been really fulfilling, honestly. I feel like my words now have so much more meaning, not necessarily because mm-hmm. they didn't have meaning before, but because I'm putting so much more focus and intention behind them when I do put them out. Yeah, definitely. So what brings you joy from being part of the book blogging community? And um, I, I guess I also want to ask, has your approach to the book community changed at all given the current time we're in? Yeah, there are so many things I love about the book community. I think definitely one of the things that really drew me to it was like the people and our passions, right? And I wanted to talk about the books I loved with other people and I wanted to see what other people had to say about them. And that's something that brought me here and keeps me here. And it's been really inspiring to see just how passionate people are about books and reading and the community in general. I definitely think books are an escape for a lot of people, me included. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing to not just be able to escape into books, but escape into a community where everyone values books in the same way I do. And Mm -hmm. so I think with our current time, I've definitely been reading a lot less, which makes me a little sad, but I try not to be too hard on myself about it because we're in a very stressful time and it's, silly to think we'd be able to achieve the same levels of productivity or do the same things we were doing before when we're obviously not able to. And so I'm trying not to kick myself over it, but I definitely haven't been reading as much as I wanted to, but a good, I guess, positive of that is that I've been making a lot more art and really making Mm -hmm. the most out of my Adobe subscription. (laughs) That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. So speaking of your Adobe subscription, One of the many things I love about your blog is your aesthetic. So how did you start building your art and design experience? And was it from classes or are you self-taught? Oh, um, I actually haven't taken an art class since freshman year of high school. Oh, wow. It's been been a long time and definitely nothing in digital art. Um, I'm entirely self-taught with digital art. I think one of the only things that I was on Wattpad back in 2015, 2016 ish. And back then I made a lot of covers. They weren't very good, but I made a lot of covers for people's (laughs) manuscripts. And I did a lot of practice through that. And what really got me into it was um, Lydia Hepzibah. She's one of my friends Mm. and she posted two um, kind of screen recordings of her doing art. And her art has um, a very similar like vector style. Um, and so I watch those recordings of like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. I'd love to learn how to do this. And when I found out that like the programs and stuff were um, web-based and they were free and they were definitely something like I could access, um, it was Pixlr Editor. Um, mm. I was like, this is it. I'm going to try this. So I spent probably two to three years just learning how to make art on Pixlr Editor and trying vector style art because I didn't have vector programs. And then eventually um, I finally got to a point where I was like, wow, this, this is something. And I, I love making art and making digital art has been really fulfilling for me because I had not so great experiences ending my like classroom art 
experience because mm -hmm. high school art is not always the best when you're in a very STEM oriented high school. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't working out for me, but this gave me something that I could really throw myself into and express myself creatively and do something that I really love doing. And so that's how I got my start. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've watched very many tutorials. I'm not very good about learning art. I just kind of keep practicing and practicing until I get something that I like. Um, That's but, so amazing to hear. And I think it, like it definitely, all of your artwork really shows how much you love doing it. And just like um, your style just like comes through so amazingly. So yeah, I really just you. love it so much. <laughs> That's so nice of you to say. Um, I am though taking my first classroom art class again next semester in the fall. So I'm really excited for how that will turn out. Oh, cool. Is it, um, in college. Non-digital art or digital art? Non-digital art. We don't Got it. Um, offer digital art, I think, but it's okay. I still need that foundation. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> okay, so switching gears a little bit to social media. So between Twitter, Instagram, or another social platform, which platform do you feel the most at home on? Or does it vary day to day? That's a good question. I would say it varies day to day. Um, but more like kind of like month to month, like I have my spells where I'm like, this is it. I love Instagram. It's the best. I love seeing everyone's content. And there's <laughs> other days where I'm like, I feel so uninspired and kind of sad. So I think I, I love a lot of social, like social platforms for different reasons. I love how easy it is to express yourself on Twitter really quickly mm -hmm. without like preparing stuff or having something ready. You can just, um, put out a meme or something and it's like yes this is what I'm feeling right now but Instagram is a little more curated it's a little more prepared and polished and so sometimes especially when I'm feeling very busy it's definitely not my platform of choice but it's definitely something that I can see so many people have made really amazing things on and I love looking at that and seeing it and watching it yeah I totally agree and Twitter is an interesting space for sure because it's I feel like it's a, it's a place where um, it can be challenging to find nuance and mm -hmm. bring nuance into conversations. So at least, at least in terms of that, I know Instagram is just like, yeah. Um, like, as you said, it's like just like a place that allows for much more curation um, mm -hmm. in, 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 in terms of like the content that you put out. So, yeah. Yeah. Twitter is definitely like a lot to handle and it's good to make sure you can take breaks when you need them and take a Absolutely. or disengage. Yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what books have made you feel particularly seen either as an Asian American and or as a teen? Um, and I have to say, this is a slightly selfish question on my part because um, for myself, I wish I had started reading YA when I was still a teen, but aside from The Hunger Games, I didn't start reading YA until much later. So I'm always very interested to hear what um, other people's experiences with YA are. Yeah, definitely. Um, I came into YA a little bit after things started dying down, like post Twilight, post like really popular John Green movies and stuff like that. So it was mm -hmm. definitely like a different space from other people. But a lot of the books that have made me feel really seen have been things I've been reading recently in the past couple of years that have come out. Um, one that <laughs> probably everyone expects me to say is Descendant of the Crane by Joan Huh. Mm -hmm. um, I love that one, um, both not only for the um, Chinese rep, but also because Hasina is going through so much and she's got so many things weighing on her shoulders. And that felt like something that was really relatable to me. Um, 
I'm a teenager, like things feel really big sometimes, even if they are like objectively a little bit silly and stuff like that. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure Hasina's struggles aren't very silly. Um, <laughs> other books that have made me feel really seen include The Weight of Our Sky by Hannah Alcap. Um, I'm not mm. Malaysian, but I'm Indonesian and there is little to no Indonesian rep in young adult right now. So mm -hmm. um, I take what I can get and it was really, really warming to see something that was so close to um, a culture that I'm involved in and to read Hannah Alka's story. And so um, a couple others, everything by Stacey Lee is just magnificent. So good. Um, all of her characters are so open and warm and so genuine. And it's like historical fiction and you're like, Oh God, historical fiction. But she writes Asian characters in historical fiction with so much compassion and kindness. And that's, it's really warming to me as like both an Asian American reader and as a teen. Yeah, that's so great to hear. What's something that you would like to see in YA that you haven't seen yet? Oh, there's a lot of things. Um, Besides the very obvious Indonesian representation, <laughs> um, I think there's just a lot of things that I'd love to see more of that don't necessarily get as much. Um, one of the tropes I love is like best friends to lovers or like childhood best friends to lovers and stuff like, mm -hmm. I know enemies to lovers is really popular, but I want the wholesome angst. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely something I would love to see more of. Um, and then like friendship books, like books that aren't necessarily about romance. I think one of the things that stops a lot of people that I know from getting into like young adult fiction, whether they were like 14 or 13 or even now is that like, there's so much romance and it's not always what people want to read. I mean, I love a good romance and they're mostly what I've been reading right now, but I also want to see a lot of friendship books and see these really like important relationships that are building that aren't necessarily romantic, but that are, lifelong and really important to people. And I think that's something that's really, yeah, just relevant to teens' experiences. And so mm -hmm. I think friendship is like a really big topic that we don't get to see as much of as we should when we see like how important it is to a lot of teens' lives and stuff like that. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually speaking of friendship books, I don't know if you've had a chance to read um, when You Were Everything by Ashley Woodfolk. It just came out, but it's actually a best friend breakup story um, with like not like too much romance, like as part of like the main plot. And like, it's just like, it was just like so wonderful to me just because it's like, as you said, it's like friendship stories are definitely something that I don't think we get enough of in YA. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely like, yeah. Yeah, I've read some of Ashley Woodfolk's older books, but I haven't read this one yet, especially because it's so recent. But now, yeah. now that I know, I'm going to put this on my TBR. Yeah, let me know what you think if you have a chance to read it. Before we go into some fan questions, I did want to ask, do you have any advice for new and emerging book bloggers? Oh gosh, advice. Sometimes I feel like I'm not qualified to give advice, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, honestly, I feel like so much of like what's like great about being able to share advice is just sharing what like might have worked for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, like, I'm definitely interested to hear what you have to Sure. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but I think one of the most important things is just to stay passionate and to remember what your passion is and how you got here and what you love. Because it's really easy, I mm -hmm. think, in the book community to get caught up with 
whether it's like drama or just like books that are popular or stuff like that and kind of forgetting about the thing that you really enjoy doing. And so it's, I feel like it's really easy to get involved in things that you're like kind of lukewarm on, but the hype kind of pushes you over and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do this. But then you forget mm -hmm. about the things you love that you've always loved. And sometimes it can make you lose passion or feel like you're not with the community as much anymore or that it feels superficial. And it's because you're not staying true to your passion and you're not thinking about what you want. And so I think it's really important to remember what you love and what you love doing and staying focused on doing the things that make you happy, not necessarily because like other people are doing it, but because you want to do it for your own reason. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that applies to a lot of spaces. It applies to like reading books. It applies to like looking at your stats, like are your stats making you happy or is writing your blog post making you happy? Stuff like that. Yeah, that's definitely great advice. And I think it's definitely important to not always like hop on the hype train because mm. <laughs> I think it's like very easy to, but I think um, at least from some of the bloggers and influencers I know, like what brings them joy is um, just posting, creating content that um, makes them happy. And I think that's really so important, as you said. Yeah, I mean, the hype train can definitely be right sometimes, but sometimes it can be mm -hmm. really wrong for people. And I think that's in part because of the kind of the way we frame things in like the book community is like, there's so much like performance involved sometimes. And it's not necessarily in mm -hmm. a bad way, but we're all presenting ourselves online in a certain way. And sometimes books are presented in ways that emphasize certain aspects more than others and you're like wow i love this aspect and then you find out you're kind of disappointed so stuff like that yeah i totally feel you on that okay so i did want to take some time to have you answer some fan questions that were submitted on instagram and twitter mm -hmm. first up indie asian reads on instagram asks if you had any tips specifically for newbie asian bloggers um who are just starting out and are trying to share books by asian authors yeah this is a great question. Um, I think besides the whole like staying true to your passions, I want to mention that it's always good to do what you believe in and talk about things you want, mm -hmm. but don't feel pressured to perform your identity. And this is something that I've mm -hmm. kind of struggled with a lot recently. And it's, I guess, part of why I rebranded. But I feel like we talk a lot about diverse books. And sometimes the way we talk about it is almost constraining and it forces people to feel like they have to talk about things just because they're part of a certain marginalization and it's, it can be confining. And so I want people to be able to be passionate and talk about the books they love without feeling like they have to perform things and specifically for a white gate, like performing a love for like, a certain Asian book because you feel like it needs the hype, even if you don't love it. And I think it's really valid to know that like, there are Asian books I don't love. <laughs> there are lots of them. And <laughs> me <yeah>. too. <laughs> and but sometimes there's like this pressure that I have to support it or talk about it. And I want people to know that you can be a great Asian blogger and still not talk about certain books. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Because Bloggers especially, I mean, as with people in general, are like not just your identity and not just your marginalization. Mm -hmm. So that's like definitely great advice. 
Okay, the next question we have is from Sandy Chicken on Instagram. <laughs> so she asks, how has your relationship with books changed over time? Ooh, I definitely think that I've been reading different things. I think when I was younger, mm -hmm. like 13, 14, I would read a lot of contemporaries and whatever I could really get my hands on because I was just entering young adult at that time. And I was like really scared, honestly. Like I, what I heard about it was like, there's Twilight, there's vampires. Oh my God, I'm not ready for this. And so I was definitely sticking to like contemporaries and stuff like that. And they made me feel really comfortable and comfortable enough to dive deeper into other books. So things like The Wrath of the Dawn. And once I got exposed to fantasy, I, I loved it. I, I think part of my relationship with books has been just like cycling through different genres that I love and immersing myself in like tropes because something I do a lot is that I'll just read like six different books of one genre that are really similar to each other but I just I can't get enough of it and I think books are something I've always loved and I've always loved reading even middle grade or like children's books and they're always like a source of comfort for me they're a place where I can kind of leave my own head and think about someone else's life and that's always been pretty stagnant for me yeah, that's great to hear. Okay, so our next question is from Twitter, uh, from Paperback Nat. She asks, how do you balance blogging, schoolwork, and your social life? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't really balance it. I think that's the most fair answer. <laughs> As, <laughs> I was going to say wrong answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's such a hard question. I know. Um, I would say that I definitely put schoolwork first because that is really important to me mm -hmm. and making sure I can get things done. But I will say that one of the things I do to try and balance it or try to make space for blogging in my life is to kind of set aside like certain time. So I'm not really good with stealing away like 10 minutes in between classes or something like that. Um, it's never been something that I'm really good at because I'm, I'm someone who sits down and I read a book for three hours straight and then I'm done. So the 10 minute experience isn't really something that I do well with but sometimes I will set aside like three hours on a Saturday night after I go out with friends to just kind of read or to make some art and do something like that. And that has helped me a lot with balancing like schoolwork and my friendships and my classes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we have another great question from Carmen from Tomes and Textiles. Oh, um, I do too. <laughs> um, she was on our podcast earlier yeah. in the month. And Carmen asks, how does YA make more space for teens when it's overwhelmingly run by adults? That is a really good question. I know, right? I think <laughs> part of it is that the YA community online is very intertwined with authors and a lot of people with power. Mm -hmm. And like, it, like, obviously it is. That's like where the community comes from. But I think a lot of the teens online kind of to their own groups and their own spaces online that aren't necessarily intersecting with these spaces and mm -hmm. I think part of it is that like it's intimidating and these people have more power than you and why not just stick to your friends where you can talk about the books you love and so I think mm -hmm. to create space for teens online we really have to kind of make the community more welcoming in a way and also more aware of the power people wield because we can see like Authors obviously have power and a lot of people have power and the disparity in the power and the disparity in the way they're used is really important and something I wish more people were aware of. 
And so kind of like respecting boundaries and stuff like that would be something that would make teams feel like this community was more approachable. Um, and then also there's like the obvious things like a lot of like events or giveaways and stuff aren't actually open to teams, even though they're 14 books and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like making pre-order giveaways 13 plus instead of 18 plus and stuff like that is just like, it makes it feel more welcoming and it makes people think of like their teen readers and teen readers know that they're thinking of them. Um, I think part of it is just like, it's being a teen is like a time in your life where you're so, you're treated like an adult, but you're still kind of powerless and you don't have mm -hmm. the power you want. So you maybe can't always go out with friends and you can't go and do this or you can't go to the bookstore and find the book you want and stuff like that. And it's like being in college has definitely given me a lot more perspective on how much more power I have in college, even though I am considerably busier. Um, so <laughs> just kind of being aware of the limitations that are present in a lot of teens lives. And we lead a lot of different and diverse lives and it's, it's something to be aware of and to acknowledge. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like, as you said, it's like such an important thing to be able to create spaces for mm -hmm. teens and specifically teen readers. So, yeah. Okay, our final question is from Rachel Stroll on Twitter, who asks, what is it like being amazing? <laughs> I don't know. Rachel would have to tell me herself because she is like <laughs> the epitome of being amazing. Rachel's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. All right. Um, so finally, I wanted to end with some questions about pop culture because with people having relatively more downtime, um, I did want to ask, what are your top, uh, let's start off with book recommendations. Are there any books that you've recently read that you've loved and any authors who you'd like oh to gosh. shout out right now? So many, even though I haven't been reading a lot, they're still fresh on my mind. Um, the most recent <laughs> book I read was The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow, and it's amazing. Um, mm. I actually had to set it down for a little bit in the middle because it felt a little bit like hopeless. It's, it's about an alien invasion. And so it's a bit stressful sometimes, like it seems stressful, but, the way Dow writes it is really like hopeful and soft and kind of it's filled with like good energy um and so mm -hmm. I think even though I did set it down when I got to like page like 100 or something I picked it back up when I was preparing for like a job interview and it was like okay I'll just I'll read this and it was it brought me back into the world and it brought me back into the story and the lightness of it even though it's an alien invasion. And I think that's an approach that we could really use right now, um, finding <laughs> kindness and comfort in difficult situations. And so that's definitely something that's been on my mind a lot. Um, other books I would recommend, uh, I read Foul is Fair by Hannah Kappen, and it's fantastic. All the revenge thrillers. Mm. Um, I would also really recommend Austin Siegman Broca and Emily Wiberly's all of their books. I haven't hey. had to pick up Time of Our <laughs> Lives because I was separated from my arc, but their other books are amazing. And I'm pretty sure that this one is gonna be just as great. Um, <laughs> and then a few more shout outs. I love Elizabeth Acevedo. I love Ronnie Davis, um, Sancho Minon. <laughs> All of these books are just things that have really gotten me through like difficult times. And I would definitely always recommend them. Yeah, that's great to hear. Okay. 
Um, aside from books, do you have any video games and or podcasts you recommend? Yeah. Um, Are you an Animal Crossing player? Of? Or no? I don't have a Switch, but I will throw out the recommendation for Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, the phone app. <laughs> if you don't have a Switch or oh, yeah. like, I can't afford a Switch, <laughs> I don't want to buy a Switch right now. It's okay. You can still get yourself immersed in the characters of the world. And even though it's a very, very different structure, it's a really fun game and it's given me something to focus on when I feel like there's no like structure in my life right now at home. Um, podcast wise, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because it's hard for me to find time. Um, but I recently started listening to Sawbones and I am loving all of the medical information. <laughs> Not as like doctor's recommendations, but really cool like history stuff and science stuff that I think is it's really engaging and it's really fun and funny. I'll have to put that one on my list. And finally, um, do you have any fantastic TV shows or movies that you would recommend? Um, and actually in terms of movies, I saw your tweet about um, that upcoming Netflix movie, yeah. half of it for the trailer they launched. And I will definitely be watching that I next week, so Friday, May 1st when it comes out. Cause it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had the same reaction to the trailer. I watched did. it probably <laughs> five times the day it came out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it, it gave me so many emotions in just like such a short span of time and my friends and I are going to have a watching party for it um when it comes out so that's definitely something I'm really excited mm -hmm. for I don't watch a lot of movies or tv because I'm when I do have time for that I'm like let's go read a book that's a great <laughs> yeah. reader answer <laughs> I would not I would not be brave enough to say no, that if you ask me like have you watched this tv show I'll be like no I'm sorry I don't watch tv but <laughs> I think an always recommendation is Into the Spider-Verse. I love that movie so much and the art mm -hmm. is gorgeous. It brings me so much joy. Yeah, it does for me too. Okay, so I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Vicky, thank you so much for joining me on We Are YA. Thank you so much today. for having me. It was wonderful to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow Vicky on her blog at vickyagain.wordpress.com and on Twitter and Instagram. In our next episode, we check in with Laura Beth Johnson, author of the upcoming sci-fi adventure, Goddess in the Machine, which is out this summer. Tune in on Monday to listen to our chat with Laura Beth.